Hello, Gladys. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Happy Saturday. <laughs> Happy Saturday. I cannot believe I got up at eight. Um, <laughs> on the weekend yeah to do this but <laughs> that just shows how serious I am about this podcast so oh we last time we actually completely forgot to mention this in the last episode but last episode was our 10th episode yes it's our 10th episode anniversary <laughs> yeah oh I'm so proud of us yeah well done us we're doing well how are you what, what does your weekend look like like nothing i don't want to do anything i'm literally just after this episode i'm gonna lie down on the couch <laughs> and i'm gonna finish the ultimatum <laughs> um and then i might eat and then i have to do a lot of laundry but i'm not leaving the house this weekend i just want to be at home and chill and then next weekend well I'm going on holiday <laughs> oh yes yeah of course and you need to recover from your adventures <laughs> as well yeah from my swiss adventure how about you? What are you doing this weekend? My well, today is actually quite busy. Um, I'm going for after we well when we finish recording, then I'm going for lunch with a friend, and then um, actually very last minute, I decided to go to this Freddie Mercury exhibition um, because they yeah it's until it's open until Tuesday, so I kind of have to go now. So I decided last minute, okay. Yeah. Well, a friend sent it to me yesterday and I was like, oh yeah, I still need to decide when I'm going. And she was like, well, it's until Tuesday. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. So I kind of have to go this weekend. Um, yeah, so I'm a big fan of Queen and Freddie Mercury. And so there will be an exhibition of, it will be, I think, pictures and then also clothes and also just items of his and um everything will be auctioned off after tuesday apparently so um and then that's so cool and hopefully donated to some kind of um hiv charity i hope <laughs> but um yeah so i'm going there this weekend uh well today i'm going there today and then um <laughs> tonight i'm seeing barbie again <laughs> but this time oh yeah this time at the rooftop cinema in peckham I love it so much. I love that. I love that rooftop cinema. <laughs> that was the first time I went there a couple of weeks ago as well to watch uh, the Breakfast Club, and that was the first time I went to an actual like outdoors cinema. And I love going to the cinema, and I've always wanted to go to one of those outdoor cinemas or drive-in cinemas as well. But I've just never, yeah. I've just never been. Um, so yeah, we're going there again today, and. I have a very nice pink dress that I bought, not just for Barbie, for my holiday as well, but I'm wearing it today. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. And then tomorrow I will have to plan some Athens stuff, I guess, because I'm leaving in, yeah, like three days. Um, so I'm excited. That sounds like a great Saturday plan. I love it. It's great. And I love an outdoor cinema. I've only been once, but I kind of have this bucket list thing in my head where I want to watch a really good horror movie on the cemetery. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Because they do it in America, but I haven't found anything in the UK yet where you can do it. They don't do that in London? I mean, they probably do. I probably have to look well, I could imagine they don't because everything's really, which it should be, it should be protected and people are horrible and they make, gar put garbage everywhere. So I get it if they don't do it, but let's just, 
if they just let me watch it, I'm fine. I'll, I'll clean. <laughs> <laughs> By yourself on the cemetery? <laughs> I mean, maybe with one other person. <laughs> it's just me and the ghouls. No. Which brings me to, it's September, which means, for me, autumn has started. It is spooky season for the next two months. It's my favourite two months of the year. I cannot wait for all the podcast episodes, my favourite podcasters will bring out now. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I actually, autumn is my favourite season as well, even though I'm not ready to, well, I don't want to talk about the weather again. I'm not ready to um, say goodbye to summer yet, though. So for me, September is also, June and September for me <laughs> are also part of the school holidays. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god well yeah so um yes i'm excited about i'm excited about the spooky season as well i really like it and we should look for things to do in london and like go somewhere yes. together i'd love to go to a haunted house like not the theme park haunted house the real kind of haunted houses but the uk doesn't have as much crazy stuff here as they have in the us but I think Scotland has a few castles. <laughs> but probably okay, road trip, road trip. <laughs> Maybe you should go to, at some point one day, you should go to America and do this, like, just throughout the month oh. of October and just do this um, Halloween tour of the US. <laughs> oh, yes, I really want to. It's on my, That is a big thing on my bucket list. I want to go to um, Salem during the week before and while well during Halloween and I just want to be there and go on the Halloween fairs and like learn everything about the witch trials and stay in a haunted B&B oh, it's a dream anyway <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting all hyped up here <sighs> okay well before you get too excited <laughs> should we start the episode because I'm so excited about this new theme Yes, let's get into it. Welcome to Millennial Musings. I'm Gladys. And I am Haunted Isabella. <laughs> uh, and we are just two opinionated millennials who sometimes make dumb mistakes. And what we want to do here is to share our experiences and offer the advice we wish we had received. As always, a disclaimer, we are not therapists or life coaches and we have no actual criteria to be giving advice whatsoever. And I'm sure... That's clear by now. <laughs> but what we could be is your new bestie or big sister. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some millennial musings. So in this podcast, we focus on different themes and we try to answer three to four questions within these themes. And yeah, each question being one episode. And today, as we already mentioned, we start a new theme. It's our dating topic. And today's question will be chemistry or emotional unavailability. Why do we settle for messy relationships? Why do we? It's a whooper. It's a whooper of a question. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm laughing because of a conversation we had before we started. <laughs> oh. You used that word again in a different context. <laughs> That's probably why it's in my head. I never used that word. Anyway, <laughs> I'm keeping this in. So let's just get right into this because we probably have a lot to say. Um, I'll just I'll just start. So 
when I sat down to write my notes about this episode, one thing that immediately popped into my head was the movie He's Just Not That Into You. It's from 2009. Um, for those who don't know it, it's about four men, five women. They live in Baltimore and they're struggling with their love lives. Um, and But what made me think about this movie is at the beginning of the film, it shows how women get told from a young age that when a boy treats you badly, it's because he likes you. Like when you're a child and he pushes you off the slide or something, it's because he actually likes you and doesn't know how to show it. And there's another thing in the movie, which is where women really come up with different and I mean women in this movie not just in general I'm not generalizing here but the women in the movie come up with different excuses of why a man is not calling them after a date or not reaching out and then there's this one specific scene um, we're going to ignore the political incorrectness here but there's this group of ladies in Africa where one of them is waiting for the guy to reach out and the ladies tell her oh he must have been eaten by a lion um, so I guess where I want to go with this is that we are being told it's normal to struggle like this when we are dating. Um, and when I was growing up, and especially when I started to date men or interact with men, <laughs> I did exactly that. <laughs> uh, I told myself, they're just scared of commitment or they have a history of treating women badly, but I'm the one that can change them. Or someone might tell you, I only want friends with benefits and nothing serious. But then you believe, oh, I'm special. They will eventually fall in love with me. Um, but yeah, it, it, it just should never be this complicated. But we're going to get into this throughout this whole episode. <laughs> well, um, I definitely could have used that film. because, And I think I watched it at some point. But I think I was maybe... Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I really got the message or something. Um, or I just didn't want to hear the message because I was 100% one of those people as well. Um, and yes, even the t literally even the title, He's Just Not That Into You, that is something that for many, many years I refused to accept. Uh, And there's this Maisie Peters lyric as well, where she's where she says something like, it's a song called John Hughes movie, I think. And she sings something like, um, if you don't want me, you're not the one. And honestly, sometimes it really, sometimes it really is that simple. But I, back in the day, I was Delulu because I just, I refused to believe that. And I would tell myself, so I, okay, little, little bit of... I don't know, history about me. Um, so now I'm dating for the first time, actually. This is my first, like, actual boyfriend relationship that I got in when I was 30. Um, so I had my first actual relationship experience when I was 30. And before that, I was the... <laughs> <laughs> the queen of <laughs> of liking people who didn't like me back and um yes exactly I would tell myself that they were oh they're just too scared or oh they want they don't want to admit their feelings for me um but we obviously belong together and if I could only convince them and I would honest I would do things and like make plans And I would be like, okay, but if we go, when we go here together, then it will 100% happen. Or when I do this or when I, 
every single thing I was like, yes, but if I do this and this and this right, and if I just crack the code, then I will be rewarded with this happy ending of him finally realizing his feelings for me and him finally liking me. And it never worked. Um, and one of the things I maybe wanted to mention this later on, but actually it's very, um, well, if it's to mention it now already, one of the things that I've realized is, first of all, if if somebody clearly doesn't want you or doesn't like you back, all you're doing is kind of torturing yourself. And I did that for years and years and years. And then also another thing is that something that I never really thought about until quite recently is still pursuing someone actively who has already made it very clear that they don't want that from like a consent point of view is a little bit problematic <laughs> it's not it's not very a kind thing to do and of course of course it's very different if it's a lot of you know going back and forth and a lot of what we call mixed signals which also I'm not the biggest fan of that term but anyway um but yeah of course it's very different if things actually are happening or whatever but if somebody has made it very clear that like they are not into you and you just refuse to accept that and everything I've realized that that's actually not a very nice thing to do <laughs> so um yeah that was that's the first realization that I made that I wanted to share yeah I think though it would be like I'm not I don't actually have an example from my dating history where someone made something clear to me like people have not said like that's the problem they don't look at you or message you or whatever way of communicating people have and say I am not into you there's a lot of breadcrumbing because then at some point you might just don't hear from them anymore and you're like fine okay it is what it is you just watch those sad movies cry a little and you're fine but then out of nowhere at midnight you get the message with what up <laughs> we <What are you laughs> doing <laughs> like that happens and then you're like oh they're thinking about me at midnight no honey it's a booty call but you're like oh no so there must be something there no it's a breadcrumb it's a breadcrumb that they're feeding you and you're taking it like a whole loaf of bread well so i actually have had the situations where they did actually tell me directly that they weren't into me but then they would continue to do the thing that implied the exact opposite <laughs> so it's kind mm. of similar I mean there was this one yeah. guy who I told him that I liked him I was living in Berlin at the time so this was over um Skype I think <laughs> or like me like we were mess messaging not video calling and um and I told him which of course is not ideal to do that via messages or whatever but you know I was young and like I said I was abroad so I said it he never replied and then, <laughs> this is actually such a dick move I cannot afterwards he said um well the fact that I didn't reply should have told you everything you needed to know um which okay and then um but then afterwards when I moved back to Antwerp he would lit this this man would literally <laughs> on several occasions be at my door at like 3 a.m um just to just to have a chat like nothing happened but we just sat on this bench outside on my st street um and we just talked and whatever and then he, he so he would do shit like this or he would call me 
50, sometimes literally like 15 times when I was having my theater rehearsals or whatever. And then I asked him, hey, um, the next or afterwards I messaged him and I was like, hey, sorry, I, you know, I, I missed your call. Um, well, maybe he didn't call me 15 times. So I was exaggerating. He called me a couple of times. And then I'd be like, um, hey, I missed your call. What's up? And then he would be like, never mind. And just refused to say why he was calling me. And it was all just things like this. Or where somebody would be like, oh, no, I'm not. I don't feel the same way. And then they would go on to, then if we were with other people or something, constantly make these innuendos and constantly say these things. I was like, oh, yeah, we're not a couple yet. And then afterwards, play it off as like, oh, but that's just how I... Am, and that's just my way of communicating and that's just joking and everything and for me actually no. and <laughs> I, I know and I don't want this to turn into like a pity party for me or something but um yeah for me kind of the like theme throughout all of, throughout all of these experiences was that very often um something that would come back time and time again was them saying something like oh but this is this is just a joke between us or this, one of them literally said oh but this is it's like a running gag between us that you are into me or something so that my feelings were literally referred to as a joke or like as a running gag and that's not the best <laughs> it is not yeah that, i'm sure that does great stuff for your self-esteem as well <laughs> i know i know it's great and also and that's the thing that yes after a while um you kind of start thinking that this is normal and i'm, I'm yeah i'm happy that you um mentioned crumbs because <laughs> that is such a thing and um in so florence given also in her book, uh, Women Don't Owe You Pretty, which I mentioned before, well, we mentioned before is a good introduction to feminism. But she also has this quote also in the book where she talks about exactly that, people giving you crumbs. And if you are in that position where you feel like, oh, I need to take whatever kind of piece of affection I can get. Um, and she has this quote that this quote that says, you were made for banquets, not crumbs. And I love this because I have definitely been there where I would just hang on to every little thing someone said. And then if somebody would, yeah, do anything nice or say anything nice, then I would just use that to kind of erase everything else. And definite, definitely this idea and the media didn't help um that it has to be these extreme ups and downs and 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 you see it basically in every single on every single um tv show you you see the oh my like god yeah yeah you see the will they won't they couple and like the again gossip girl <laughs> the blair and chuck relationship who do the most horrible things to each other and it's like oh but they belong together and then they and also chuck bass is literally a rapist but that that's another thing um and then you know they end up together and yeah that, that's literally just what you grow up with especially as a woman I think this idea of like oh but it, and there is this quote by I think William Shakespeare <laughs> I don't know I don't know if this man oh we're going there I don't even know if this man has ever said this but there was this quote that I lived by for years and it was the course of true love never did run smoothly and 
he probably didn't even mean it in the way that I interpreted it. But I literally took that as, oh, that just means I need to wait and just hang in there. And just if I believe enough, if I believe for the both of us that we are meant to be, then I will eventually be rewarded with this happy ending. And yeah, it just doesn't work like that, does it? It doesn't. No, it does not. It does not. And I was just thinking, maybe that was just a time we were growing up with, uh, in and the movies and series that came out. But then if I look at, I don't know, I'm currently, well, I finished watching Never Have I Ever on Netflix, which is quite a new series. Well, it's very new, um, very current. And it's about this girl in high school and, you know, high school life and dating, getting into college. And the relationships in there aren't easy as well. Like, they are already wiser than the shows we watched. I do have to say that. Like, one guy broke up with her because he's like, you need to learn to love yourself first before I, someone else can love you. Which is like, yes, preach it. But then it's still like up and down and hot and cold and issues and blah. And I know life comes with issues and it can get complicated sometimes. But I think someone liking you... Okay, when you're a teenager, things are just in general more complicated. But someone liking you should never be complicated. Love a relationship, being with someone, yes, there can be complications, but I think they should only be logistical complications. Like maybe you need to move because there's a job change and then it's going to be a long distance. And like complications like this are very normal. But the fact that someone actually likes you should be easy. It shouldn't be hard that you both like each other. Like, yeah. No, um, but all of this that we discussed earlier, just how we are raised with this idea that it, it does have to be this extreme roller coaster, led to me when I actually started dating my boyfriend, who, um, well, it was very clear from the very beginning that he was as serious about me as I was. And there was no vagueness, there was no red flags in the beginning. Uh, well, still there's still no red flags but um there we was... actually started to think the red flag is that there aren't any red flags 100 <laughs> percent um the fact that everything was going so well and that he was being so serious and so clear scared me to death and the first couple of months i kept thinking okay when will the skeleton start falling out of the closet because this is not normal? And um, my, well, she used to be my manager. Now she's, she left the company. No, so she's kind of my mentor and life coach now. And honestly, I wish I could marry this woman. Erin, I love you, shout out. <laughs> she said, she put it very well when she said, it's funny how you're overwhelmed by the absolute lack of drama. And that was exactly it because I had been taught that that wasn't normal or then even that that meant because I the thing was and and this was this is messed up in in many ways but I had almost um made the connection between like oh but these extreme ups and downs and the the the, the pain and and the like all of that and then the thrill when something nice does happen and when you do get these crumbs and everything I had almost um started to see that as passion so I was like oh but then should I be and then I felt guilty that I wasn't feeling that way now because <laughs> because there was no extreme ups and downs or, and, and everything so then I was like okay so does that mean 
I don't feel. But also, of course, like you said as well, most of these experiences also took place, you know, years and years ago when in general you're just a lot more angsty and dramatic. Well, I hope that most of us don't aren't, aren't that way anymore now. I know that unfortunately that's not the case because many people are still in these relationships. But um, yeah, so... Of course, back in the day, I also just was more dramatic <laughs> and I would see everything as a lot bigger and more serious and everything. But that's it's so incredibly sad that, that, that we have learned that that's how people show that they're, they're passionate or that that's what passion or chemistry, that that's what chemistry is, these extreme ups and downs. So, yeah, I think, I think this is a nice way to go into... To, like our question, our title of the episode, where it says chemistry or emotional availability, which is, for example, with your dating experience now and with your boyfriend, it was just there was emotional availability, but then you were wondering, oh, do we not have chemistry because all the intense moments and the ups and downs, like you said, aren't there. So I guess chemistry can be emotional availability <laughs> because it's going well with you guys so there's definitely some chemistry but it doesn't mean that there has to be lightning bolts all the time <laughs> it is going very well i would like to add this <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that yeah, i yeah. did i did get over that at some point <laughs> when yeah, i realized it's just self-reflection really yeah yes um Yes, when I realised, because I remember sending you a very long voice note about all of this inner turmoil and you being like, girl, that's fear. That's literally, <laughs> that's literally fear. Because another thing that's very um, very interesting to me as well is this whole thing, and I've read a lot about this topic, but um, the idea of, you know, on the one hand you have fear of abandonment and then on the other hand you have fear of commitment and we almost see this sometimes as like as two opposite things but actually they're basically the same thing because if you and this I think this was my experience in many ways if you have which I did struggle with that a little bit a little bit with um separation anxiety and things like that um and fear, fear of aban abandonment and there there are theories that actually and i have seen this definitely anecdotally in my own life that you will almost subconsciously get into situ situations with people that you know will never commit to you because it's almost like oh well then i can't ever expect too much from them and i can't ever be really disappointed because i'm actually kind of already expecting things to be messy from the beginning and i'm kind of already expecting it to not really go anywhere um so then it never has to get really serious because that was another thing as well when I started dating Chiron um then I was like oh you know after a couple of dates I was like well on the one hand my fear is um that in a couple of weeks or whatever he will just change his mind and be like Meh, actually no but then the biggest fear was, what if that doesn't happen? <laughs> and this actually does go somewhere. What the fuck am I meant to do then? Um, so, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just, it's so sad. It's so sad that we feel that way. Yeah, I think, like, like you said, I was used to the up and down, the hot and cold and all of that. And then, I mean, I, I have a boyfriend. I've had, I mean, I've had a boyfriend for in a month. It's going to be like five years <laughs> But 
Uh, so we started dating when I was 24 and I still had a lot to learn at that stage. Like it was going well. I knew he liked me. There wasn't really any complications with, does he like me? Does he not like me? Does, do I like him? That went well. But I, at the beginning of our relationship, kind of feel like I almost created some drama situations because that's what I was used to in a way. I don't know, but it took us some time to get to that chill point where we're at now and we both just had some growing up to do um but yeah we we didn't have ups and downs like toxic or whatever but um there were ups and downs but I feel like sometimes I just created them in a way because that's what I was used to he was quite chill actually from the beginning but the problem was he was too chill which I couldn't handle as well <laughs> like it took me time to realize this does not have to be this complicated uh, well we, this sounds like we had massive issues we didn't have massive issues massive issues um, but like there were issues and I think that's part of being in a relationship at some point after the honeymoon phase you start growing and developing into a certain direction and you either develop together or it just doesn't work um but we're good. We're very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And about to... Can I, can I say this? About to, yes, about to be dog parents, hopefully. <laughs> well, hopefully. Hopefully we're going to have a little puppy in like two months' time. I wanted to say to what you, to, to what you said um, about the creating a bit of drama and everything in the beginning. Um, honestly, I'm 30 now and... Since a couple of years, but I mean, quite recently, I feel like I have been feeling for maybe, yeah, maybe a couple of years that I am in a place right now where I can be a healthy partner as well and where I would not bring any toxicity to the situation. Because before that, and um, I recently read, or I'm actually still reading, The Selfish Romantic by Michelle. Elman. And it's very interesting because, and I actually started reading this book kind of with, because a lot of it is about um, being okay with being single. And we'll get, we'll get to this in a bit because I have a lot to say about this. And I kind of felt like, oh, I don't really need this because I'm literally like, I will never stop preaching how great it is and how important it is to be okay with being single. But actually it was a really, it is a really valuable book for me as well, because for example, one of the things that she, and it's kind of like an exercise in the book that, that is, would you date you? Like, would you, would you, if you met you, want to date you? Would you think of yourself as a healthy person to date? And I realize now the answer is yes. A couple of years ago, and especially, I don't know, 10 years ago, absolutely not. <laughs> I would have been. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah. It, the well, diet, with myself, not with you. <laughs> Yes. So, um, and I think that that is a good exercise to ask yourself, would you date you? And if the answer is currently no, that's okay as well. But I think then that's somewhere to start like that. That's a good starting point. Um, but honestly, it baffles me how people, because for me, a lot of this, a lot of this, I don't know, growth or whatever, um, and also self-love and everything. And just the way I look at relationships, a lot, a lot of this for me came with growing up. So it really baffles me that there's people who have been together, like two of my best friends, they have a baby now. Um, they have been together since they were 18 and they have such a nice 
respectful, loving relationship and they're still very much in love. And I'm just like, how is it that even at the age of 18, when I was an absolute train wreck of a person, <laughs> that you are able to have this like stable, respectful relationship even then and just continue it and just, just change as a person completely basically and still be together and still have that. I mean, I think that's beautiful. I also think that's the exception. Um, yeah. I mean, I know two couples that have been together since they were 15, like 15. That is, I mean, the changes I have gone through just between 20 and 29 is intense. I don't even want to go back to when I was 15. I mean, that is worlds between who I was and who I am now. <laughs> so I really respect that. Like it must be some I don't know, maybe something's wrong with me. <laughs> they must be really good at communicating. I just had to learn a lot about how to communicate. You need to learn how to have fights or like discussions with people. It's just it's a lot going on. And also what I needed was to be, how do, how do I put this? To be actively single. And I don't mean just going around town and meeting people. Um, because so between my last relationship, the one I had before this, and my current one, I was single for about two years, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly needed that. I don't think I would have developed the way I did if I wasn't single between then and now. Um, it was like the first time I kind of was old enough to really just focus on myself. And I was so productive. I did so much in those two years. Like I finished uni, I finished my bachelor degree. I had really good grades and I never had good grades <laughs> in school at least. Um, I had a part-time job to earn some extra money while I also had a full-time internship at a startup. I started to do a lot. That's when I realized how much I liked yoga thanks to my friend Denise. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Back then, I also had to apply for several universities in the UK to do my master's degree, and I was applying for the universities, and I had to do my English level exams to get into uni in the UK, and I went to therapy, and I could not have imagined having someone in my life at that point as well. Like, I just really wanted to work on myself, learn how to handle things better, how to properly look after myself mentally and physically. And what I also did is I went on many dates, but not because I wanted to meet my new next partner. I just wanted to have fun and meet different people and it might sound weird but I enjoyed coming up coming out of these dates with funny stories I saw these people maybe once sometimes it escalated for like eight hours <laughs> but we get into this when we talk about dating experiences but yeah and I actually planned on continuing this when I moved to the UK just be me do me start a new life and go on dates and have some fun but as we all know this didn't work out <laughs> because I'm a boyfriend and you can't plan it um but I think what I want to say with this is there are a lot of serial monogamists out there who jump from one relationship to the other. Why? I don't know. Everyone has their own reasons. But I think it's that time between, if you really want to be in a relationship, that time in between is so important to just work on yourself and then maybe figure out why do my relationships and, and what is my fault within this and why, are, yeah, I don't know. Because maybe you just jump from one relationship to the other because you really, really can't bear being single because you think you have to be in a relationship. Yeah, um, that is one of the biggest things I wanted to discuss in this episode, definitely. Yeah. Um, is But also, I was just thinking, maybe if you would have still been with your ex-partner, maybe you never would have moved to the UK. And so... Oh, yeah, you're... I probably, probably wouldn't have, to be honest. <laughs> no, so exactly. You took all these very big and important steps during that time when you were single and 
that is one of the biggest things for me and I'm so passionate about this and I'm still so passionate about this being single we need to stop looking at being single or considering being single as the worst the worst alternative or even um like being single doesn't necessarily have to mean waiting for the next relationship or even yeah. like being in between relationships we need to see this as a valuable um way of living as well yeah and especially we we've just learned again that we only have value when we're one half of a couple or whatever um and I might no. I might get in trouble for saying <laughs> for saying this, but exactly like you said, I know so many people who just cannot be single, and it's honestly a little troubling to me because it's that same scenario over and over again where people get with the same people who treat them like shit, and then it messes with their confidence, and then when the relationship inevitably ends, and they really should be taking some time to work on themselves and their self-worth they immediately just jump into the next just as shitty relationship <laughs> and then yeah. their confidence gets even worse and it's this never-ending cycle. cycle and it's that thing of like you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result like at some point so much for me as well comes down to self-worth and self-esteem because there is also this is actually something I also read in the Michelle Elman book, which is um, called The Selfish Romantic. And she talks about the quote or the thing that people say where it's like, oh, I just attract dickheads. I just attract bad or bad, bad people in general. Um, and she says, everyone attracts bad people. The people who are just in a really good place with themselves will just get rid of them faster. They will just yeah. see see it for what it is and see the red flags and be like, no, actually, I'm not accepting this because I know my self-worth and I don't need a relationship. And if, and you just, yeah, everyone, everyone attracts horrible people and people who, who want to be, I don't know, messy and give them mixed signals and whatever. But if you are in a really good place with yourself, you just won't accept their shit for as long because you know your worth. And, um again that was definitely like I'm not saying this to preach well a little bit but <laughs> because I've because I, I have learned firsthand how incredibly important this is because I was in that place as well for such a long time and I also used to think again as a as a fat woman and I've discussed this as well in previous episodes but I also used to think that and on the one hand I was all, always quite confident but then when it came to dating not really because I was very aware of the fact that I was fat and that's not the ideal the ideal body um <clears throat> body type according to society and I also used to think that whoever would eventually get with me would immediate would be the settler like they would have to settle for me because I was fat and they could also be with a thin person but they if they chose to be with me I kind of had to prove to them that that was worth it or something which of course is the biggest load of bs um but that's that's I think something that many people deal struggle with or something that many people think if they just don't feel good about themselves and they think oh if somebody shows me the slightest bit of affection I just need to take that because or this idea of like oh I can't really do better or something and it's just yeah that's just not true it's just not true 
Yeah. So I think, and we mentioned this just before, but well, you mentioned it, but yeah, it might be an unpopular opinion, but I do think being in a relationship sometimes just is the easier way out because you might just hop from one relationship to the other. You just try to find the next partner and you put the effort into that instead of actually looking at yourself and trying to work on yourself. And I think that is that cycle that you said, because you never improve your self-worth maybe, or you never improve how you handle certain situations. And then you will end up in the same relationships over and over again. And yeah, but I think it's kind of, and maybe that's how we, when we start getting into the society topic, um, is that why, why do we really need to be in relationships why do some people really need to be in a relationship all the time why do they feel like they're only one half and not a full person when they're not in a relationship and I found a quote and I can't really tell you where because I didn't save the link I just read that while doing a bit of research Um, but basically what it says is and you said that before but I'm just gonna paraphrase again um, where it says society acts like being single is a punishment for doing something wrong or for being not good enough and a relationship is a reward for being the right person and yeah like you said this is pure bullshit excuse my French Uh, but yeah there's nothing that is better than the other one being single is as much of a blessing as being in a relationship and I think well I guess the main reason for why people really see the relationship as a reward is because of the single shaming that is going on within society and single shaming doesn't mean you actively blame someone for being single it's like things where you might think this is a nice thing for me to do for example you ask someone why are you still single and then you assure them you will find that person soon and yeah you think it's thoughtful sensitive a way to check in on friends but that constitutes single shaming because you will um, imply that, oh, you must be so sad and lonely for not having a partner and you, even though you're actively looking for one, but you haven't found a match yet, so there must be something wrong with you because it's just not working. You just end up alone and those stereotypes, they just come from the societal standards of get a partner, share a home, have 2.5 kids and a dog. Yeah, I'm, I mean, there's so much, so much to this. <laughs> it is the, the the lonely thing, exactly where we see being single as being lonely. You can be an ex- you can be extremely lonely in a relationship, um, or you can be not lonely. As I've, I, I don't think I've had many. And of course, loneliness is not a permanent state or something. Everyone has moments where they feel lonely. Um, I have it every year around the holidays. <laughs> when I realise, oh, I'm abroad and, you know, I see everyone having fun at home or something, but that has nothing to do with my relationship status. And um, the thing that you said that, yes, is probably meant as as an innocent comment or even a compliment, which is like, and I've got I've gotten this so many times, which was like, oh, but you're so, you're so great. And like, you're funny and you're not bad looking. Why are you single? And now I think maybe because of those things, maybe because, maybe somebody is single because they know they're great. Maybe someone is single because they know their self-worth and they don't want to just get into any relationship. But of course, yes, that's exactly the thing. The message that we get from society time and time again is, oh, life is about or the world is built for couples and i i mean i know this i've i i have this i mean i've been sing i was single for 29 years 
<laughs> so um, I know better than anyone that the world is built for couples. The world is not built for single people, whether it's if you buy food at the supermarket, the portions that they come in, <laughs> it's just, it's usually not, it's usually not for one person. Um so or whether I mean affording a flat or getting a mortgage is just so much easier when you're with another person yeah it's basically impossible yeah. to do anything by yourself to, to even even rent by yourself nowadays um or do do whatever and and also just society societal like social things like going out or you know I can't tell you how many times I was the one who like my friends were dating and then it was like oh my god we can go on double dates triple dates or whatever and then you're the one person who's not dating and and all of those things or you go to a wedding and everyone gets to bring their partner as a plus one and then you are the only one who doesn't have a plus. it's the world is built for people in relationships and and that's very unfortunate and I don't like it I really don't like it even even though I'm now in a relationship but I will never not feel that way because like I said I have too much experience being the single person to now be like oh it will happen for you or to be I never ever 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 want to be that person who's like you'll understand when you're in a relationship <laughs> because I yeah. used to despise those people <laughs> so much um but then there's also there is a well there is a quote that I loved, um, and this is I think it's by Bell Hooks. But I actually I I I saw I know I saw it, <laughs> and I took a screenshot of it and everything, and I um, I have it saved. But then I tried to find it again to check if it was Bell Hooks, and I couldn't one hundred percent find that confirmation. But I think it is, and it basically says something like when you ask well this is also um very well this is this is focused on like men and well women in relationships with men and it says something like how um when you ask women what kind of partner do you want what kind of man do you want nobody will be like oh i want someone who doesn't care about me i want someone who um you know treats me like shit I want someone who, you know, everyone will be like, oh, I want a nice person, a caring person. I want a person who treats me with respect and everything. And yet, so many women are in relationships with men who don't do these things. And the Bell Hooks quote, and it, it, it does sound a bit brutal and <laughs> a bit direct, but I honestly think it's the truth. It is. It says that deep down, many women know that if they were to actually hold men to these standards they would probably be single for a very long time because it would take them yeah. a good minute <laughs> to find a man that actually does treat them the way they should be treated and um yeah that just says a lot about our society as well i think <laughs> Yeah, I just want to make a quick note here as well, because our conversation right now is very heteronormative. It's about men and women, and but we will have a whole conversation about like dating the other sex, dating the same sex, um, because I've dated men and women, so it's not all about the heteronormative world. It's just right now, that was our first, those were our first experiences, so... The bad experiences were mainly like heteronormative, so that's why we keep talking about men and women in this episode. Yeah, um, yes. I also, ooh, I also wanted to give an example of. Um, so my, well, 
someone in my family <laughs> uh, that I'm very close with has been, she's a woman in her 50s now, and she has been single for for a while, I want to say for over 15 years now, I think. Um, she's also still best friends with her ex-partner that she was with for like, so she was with her ex-partner for like 15 years or something. So for me growing up, that's who she was with. And then they broke up and now they're still very, very close, which I admire a lot. I think that's great. Um, but she's been single for, yes, for over 15 years. She doesn't have children and... People constantly tell her exactly what you said earlier, the whole like, oh, but are you not bothered by this? Are you not lonely? And like, are you are you not regretting that you don't have children? And like, and they constantly ask her like, oh, but do you not find it difficult? And then she she's like, no, you find that difficult. You, you seem to struggle with the fact that I'm single and I don't have children and I and honestly this woman the older I get the more she's absolute goals she just does whatever she wants she doesn't need to think about anyone or like take anyone into consideration or anything and I and she it's just her and her cats and honestly she's living the perfect life but of course people yeah don't don't always see it that way and it's just it's just so sad, this idea that, but again, yes, the single shaming and that just pushes people into the direction of, oh, maybe, yes, I should be, I should just get myself in a relationship no matter how mediocre it is, because then at least I have, I have one. Yeah, I have two things to say to that. <laughs> just quick ones. One thing is, there's, of course, again, the difference between a woman being single for a certain amount of time and a man being single. There's like the bachelor. Oh, he's still living the bachelor life in his bachelor pad. And then there's the woman who's a spinster and she's living with her cats and she's sad, which is just no, <laughs> no. Um, I think it was Jane Fonda <laughs> who said she's been doing so much better since she's been single. And I think she's been married two or three times, but she's been blooming. I mean, this woman is 84 and doing shit. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say is people who, for example, talk to women who are a certain age and be like, do you not regret being by yourself, blah, blah, blah. I think those people shouldn't ask those single people women men these questions i think they should ask themselves why do i think i couldn't be happy by myself why do i think it's impossible to not regret these things like look in why you think this way and don't bother the other people who obviously are living a happy life and are happy with what they're doing um i actually have talked to people like when you go to well, let's just talk to people uh, around our age, uh, like 30s and stuff. And they actually were struggling. Like they've recently broken up, for example. And then they're like, I don't know why it's not working out. But well, I didn't know why it's never working out. But then I just realized it's not working out because I just don't want to be with anybody. I want to do what I want when I want it without having to consider other people. And I'm just happier being single and not having this. And they are, their relationships didn't go well because they only been they only were in those relationships because they thought they have to be because that's just, you have you finished uni, you have your job, and now this is the logical next step. But they actually just had to come to the realization, I'm so much better off being by myself. And then people are called oh but singles are selfish that 
stereotype, in my opinion, only comes from they are seen as selfish because they don't get married and then have children and become the selfless parent. But not everyone wants that. And that is just as fine as the people who do want to have that. And yeah, that, that was my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And then also, and we've, we talked about this in the corporate episodes and everything as well, that whole comparison thing and, and the, the idea of, oh, I should be further along or, oh, the people around me are, they're ticking all of these boxes. They're in relationships, they're buying houses, they're getting pets or they're, they're getting children or whatever. And it, yes, it's just that idea of, oh, I'm single, so I'm not there. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm behind. I'm a couple of steps behind. And that's just not true because, and also, again, the book I'm reading, The Selfish Romantic, says, um, which I thought, yes, that is so true. And it was just um, phrased very well but and I, I can't really do it justice but it was it basically said something like literally the smaller if you're single one date can change that and I'm I'm living proof of that <laughs> I was single for again 29 years I went on one date in three years and um yeah I mean I've been on, on literally three first dates in my life and the third date was that date or it can be that you date frequently or that you never date or whatever and one date or one meeting or one anything one conversation with somebody can change that but also and I don't mean this to sound depressing or bitter or jealous or whatever but also one little thing can end a relationship or one thing can these people who are steps ahead of you can also just as easily find themselves single tomorrow. And statistically, most of the people who are in relationships around you, at least some of them won't be in that relationship anymore five years from now, you know. And of course, well, I hope that everyone who's in good relationships, that it works out for them. But, you know, like, it's not that thing of like, oh, they have taken that step and now forever this is like you know, rock solid and they will forever be ahead of me or whatever. It's just constant. We're just constantly, we're people, we make mistakes, we we con we, we change, you know, we sometimes d things don't work out anymore or something. And then that's not necessarily failure either because we also look at this as like whatever it is, if something ends, then we look at it, especially relationships, we look at it as like, oh, this failed or something. Um, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people feel like that when a relationship ends. They don't feel like... I think, like... How do I put this? Like when I when my relationship ended, the one before this one, the one in Vienna, I obviously was heartbroken. I was a big old mess. Like, I was a mess. And I probably would have just clawed onto this relationship with the thought oh I don't want to have to get out there and do it all again but then actually when it was over I remember literally the second day or the, like the day after actually I had to go to work I worked in a retail store um and I was sorting out some clothes and then I was I was I was very depressed like I was so sad but there was a part of me that got like I did actually get physical butterflies in my stomach where I was like, why though? And I feel like it was me knowing that there's something new coming now and it's actually exciting and I have, yes, I have to grieve the loss of that person, 
But part of me was like, I can now finally just, it's something new is coming. And I think that's what people should be thinking about as well. Like the relationship ends for a reason. It just was, it was done. It wasn't wasted time. You learned a lot. You had some great memory, uh, great experiences with that person. You made some great memories, but the relationship's over now. Grieve it, but also keep in front of you that there are things coming that you have absolutely no idea that will come. And yeah, we kind of lost where I was going with this. <laughs> I love it though. I love it. <laughs> yeah. No, but that is so true. And I love that you felt that way quite like almost immediately, even though, yes, you still had all, you still had to process all these feelings and everything. Oh, yeah. Which of course is very, very valid. But yes, I also think when people get out of relationships that were not good, then we should normalize congratulating them for it as well because ending a relationship is probably also not the easiest thing to I've never done it but it's probably not the easiest thing to do and we automatically if somebody goes from being in a relationship to being single <laughs> you know back in the day when we posted these things on Facebook I cannot believe that back in the day people would literally post things like in a relationship and then a couple weeks later it's complicated <laughs> or something <laughs> why yeah the fact that everyone was just like, oh, I want the entire world to, to know that I'm in a messy situation or whatever, or that I'm fighting and I want to be passive aggressive towards that person or, oh my God, I, th those were the days. Those were the days. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> when somebody did change their status to single, everyone was like, oh no, this is horrible. And this is still, this reflects how society is in real life as well you know it people are immediately and I've actually really made it a thing of like if I know that somebody wasn't happy in a relationship to congratulate them and to say this is really good and I'm so excited for you um because yes I've seen sorry I've seen posts on Instagram I think it was BuzzFeed and stuff about women who actually then have a divorce photo shoot like it's literally her on a photo shoot how she puts like all kinds of colors on her wedding dress or how she burns it in the end and it's like a little celebration and it seems it must seem crazy to people but I actually I'm vibing this you you can celebrate leaving a relationship that hasn't served you because you probably were sad you had a lot of fights you had to put so much energy into a relationship that you just clinged on but then once you're free that is a good thing you can now do you again you can find out maybe why it went wrong and then you can focus on yourself and you don't have to immediately jump into the next relationship go around have fun date see people do whatever you want but don't feel like you need to immediately jump into the next thing no. Um, and another thing I wanted to comment on to your point about what you said when you said people feeling like, oh, now I have to start all over, all over again. That is something that I've heard quite a few times from people who are in relationships and they're just not happy and the relationship is just not giving them what they want and they actually don't really want to be in them anymore. And then they say, oh, but then I'm just back to square one you know it's like back back to the start starting point or whatever and and then I don't but can we not look like we can we need to stop looking at this as like I don't know monopoly where it's like you go back to start you don't get you don't get your money or whatever um and having to start all, all over again but it's like well first of all what's the alternative staying with that person for the rest of your life because you don't want to 
be single or because you don't want to date again. I mean, honestly, and like I, I get it because I actually, I'm not like you. I did not like, I do not like going on first dates. Well, I've been on three in my life. So maybe that's also why, because I never really got used to them or something, but I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I did it to honestly now the last time I did it it was because I wanted to step out of my comfort zone and I was like okay it's been three years since I've been on a date um let me prove to myself that I can do this and I can get out of my comfort zone um but I <laughs> I was not looking forward to it the whole day I was like oh do I want I don't know do I want this I could be at home reading a book right now I don't really know if I'm, I just, I didn't really, I never really loved dating. Um, but yeah, I, so, so I get it if that prospect also online dating is, is, <laughs> it is messy. It is messy. So yes, I didn't enjoy dating. Um, this one date that I went on just turned out okay. <laughs> and here we are. And I also hate that, um, I'm part of the statistics now because <laughs> hinge has this slogan that's like um designed to be deleted or something and i hate that i proved them right that i'm one of those people now that they can use as <laughs> cases where it actually did work out because then when you close the app or when you delete your account it asks you like why did you meet someone and i was like yes as much as i hate this i did this actually worked for me um but what I wanted to say was, so I didn't, I'm not someone who particularly enjoyed online dating, but I'm also aware of that in this day and age, it can be difficult to meet people other ways. And I mean, it's, I, I mean, I haven't really cracked this code or anything, but on the one hand, people say, you know, you need to not focus on it as much. But then on the other hand, I do think that you need to try, like, you know, people won't show up at your doorstep out of nowhere of course so this whole thing that people say when it's like oh it happens when you least expect it it's like for me personally yes and no because I honestly when I met my my boyfriend I was in a place where I like I said I went on the date because I was like actually let me let me do this now like in the headspace that I'm in right now and the relationship that I have with myself right now and I honestly and this is not, not, I'm not saying this because I'm not single now, but I was in a place where I was like, if romantic love is not for me and if it doesn't happen for me, that is absolutely fine. I'm honestly okay with that. Um, I know that I will live a happy, fulfilled life as a single person. That is fine. And honestly, if this relationship ends tomorrow, of course, I would be very sad and heartbroken and I would have to grieve it for a while. I also know that my life would still be happy and fulfilled without that relationship by myself like I would be fine again as well and I honestly think that is and I, I realize that this is a luxury because it takes well it actually no because I it it took me a while a lot a lot of time and work to get to that place as well um and I know that many people maybe just are not there or are not there yet but for me I think that was the perfect headspace to be in to enter a relationship because yes also online dating is a minefield it, it is just a mess and I think you just need to be in a good place with yourself and know what you want and what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept for it to actually 
be worth the investment <laughs> or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think when I said, so when I said um, when I met my boyfriend and everything was going well, but then I sometimes created some drama situations because I was used to the hot and cold, blah, 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 up and down. The one thing I do have to say I already was sure of was that I don't need a relationship. And I think that kind of helps if you want to have a relationship, if that makes sense. Like I was fine by myself and I was, once I knew, okay, this is probably going to be something serious. I wanted the relationship as an amazing addition to my life. I wanted the person in my life, but I didn't want it to become my life. So I wanted my life with my partner, not my partner as my life. Yeah. So I think um, with all of these experiences that we've shared and everything and also our own journeys throughout the years because like I said we we have been there <laughs> and we don't want to we don't want this to sound like oh this is coming from people who are in who have learned everything and who know everything and who now want to teach you the the way to live and everything of course not but um there are definitely some realizations that I have made over the years and um yes I think advice wise what I can say is of course it's not as simple as being like oh just work on your self and work on your self-worth I know that it's not that easy and it takes a long time but I think maybe being aware of or even start start thinking about okay what are my reasons for wanting to date or what are my reasons for being in a relationship um like I said asking yourself would I date me am I in a healthy place right now to start a relationship um are there things that I haven't processed yet or something I think that's that's a good place to start and then also um and I think I mentioned this as well in the episode around boundaries, but don't be afraid to communicate what you want from the beginning and that you are not to be messed around. Make that clear from the beginning, because that's an other, another thing I think that we have in society, especially nowadays with the whole online dating thing and everything is that, um, but even just in general, is this idea of, oh, you can't be too forward with with what you want or you can't be too and of course you shouldn't you know go on a date and be like okay so I want to live there I want this many children and I want to get married in the next two years or something maybe maybe not but I think it is really good to communicate what you what you want um and what you expect and what your expectations are and I have said it before as well and and you know like I said I've been in these these messy situations but at some point it's kind of a thing of like if you don't want to be in these vague situationships then make it clear from the very beginning that you don't accept these messy situationships yes and I think we both in our current relationships were before we before it became a official relationship we were oh my stomach's grumbling and um, we were quite clear of what we want because even though I was 24 and still going through things I do remember that after a while I literally just looked at my now boyfriend and was like I want to know what this is are we exclusive are we not I'm going away now for holidays and I just want to know where we're at because I don't want to be worrying about it the whole time and well I probably put it in nicer words than this <laughs> But that was the message. And you know what? It wasn't hard. He was like, 
yeah, I don't want you to be with any other people. I don't want to be with anyone else. This is it. And I was like, cool. Because the not knowing will just create drama that is not necessary. <laughs> no, and I think even, um, and, and, you know, many people I talk to or just in my own life as well where I have felt like, oh, but I can't ask for that like I can't ask for clarity for some reason and of course you can ask for clarity of course you can and if I feel like and if you yeah sorry no I, I just I just wanted to say I feel like if you're terrified of asking them because you think oh they will run then yeah they should run yeah and I guess <laughs> they're not where you want no and I have said this before I think but this this idea of oh I need to show that I'm okay with this being vague and being casual and everything and of course there are people who like who like that who like being casual but then also I feel like that should also be communicated from the beginning I think um I mean my boyfriend on the third date said he said something like um yeah also I don't talk to I'm not talking to other people and everything I don't do that I just don't like doing that that just doesn't I, I just don't vibe with that and I was like okay that made it that was very clear so we had the exclusivity chat on like the third date um and yeah like I said it was just very clear from the from the beginning and yes again it's weird how that made me think oh but there has to be something wrong here because that it can't be that easy <laughs> but it yeah. should be like you and you said it perfectly earlier when you said there can be issues there can be things like of course I mean I'm in my very first romantic relationship ever there will be things where you will be like oh I didn't know I did this or I didn't know this was I don't know my defense mechanism when we get into or when things get addressed or whatever of course there will be things that you need to work on but it shouldn't be so it shouldn't be a hot mess from the very beginning and and the the wanting to be together shouldn't be that should never be a question mark you should not have to convince somebody you should not have to convince someone but also yourself that somebody likes you and that somebody is into you that is not that's not okay most of the time if you're fantasizing about someone or how things could be it is most of the time because reality is not as good and you just refuse to accept that yeah and I think one thing that was quite a green flag for me as well with my boyfriend now was after our first date he pretty quickly messaged me and said I'm not one to like play games and play cool I do want to see you again can we see each other again and I was like yes please because I don't like the waiting game like the whole rules that came out with like how i met your mother where it was like it's the three-day rule you go on a date and then you don't text for like three days because i don't know that makes the interest spark more no you know what it does it pisses most people off <laughs> and yeah i don't know there might be people who are like i don't want someone who's that clingy honestly it's not being clingy it's just being i mean there might be clingy people <laughs> that's also kind of annoying but like just being honest and direct honestly this is a green flag for everyone who's hearing this and is worrying should i message the person because we did have a great date yes do it because they're probably just thinking the same and waiting for it i don't know yeah 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 do it <laughs> yeah yeah but and if, then again we don't want to say you have to be in a relationship we're just saying if you want one it shouldn't be complicated if you're single please don't worry about it, what everyone else thinks if you feel happy and do what you do what you do that's great that is such a privilege to be in because a lot of people just cannot be 
by themselves and be single. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, do you also have any movies to recommend? I do. I do have one one really good suggestion and it is called Modern Love. So, it originally was a column by the New York Times and I think it still is, but they also made it into a podcast. That's how how, how I heard about it. So, they they're like celebrities, well-known actors who read out the columns. Um and then there is now also an Amazon series, well, it's been out for a while, called Modern Love. Um, it has like I think eight episodes, and what I realized is there's a new season, but it's just about the Netherlands, <laughs> so it's all in Dutch. <laughs> um, the English subtitles, um, and it's just it's a honestly it's so well made, it's so well written, it's so emotional in all the right ways. It's like about dating in all shapes and forms. Um, it's I don't even know how to describe it and it's about love in all shapes and forms like it's not just about dating the whole series it's also about family and platonic love and friendships and self-love and it's great and it really brings up great topics about the dating worlds for example there's one episode with Anne Hathaway as the main character and um she is a her character suffers from intense bipolar disorder and it's about how dating works when you have um a condition like this and honestly it's great go watch it it really makes you love yourself more but also gives you hope that there are nice people out there and it makes you be fine with you know what it's good to be single oh it's so emotional honestly in all sorts so go watch it go listen to it or go read it there are several options to consume that content um yeah i think i've seen that i've never i've never seen the or listened to the podcast or watched the show but i definitely want to now um but i've seen that um clip i think where and and had hadaway tells someone um about that and about like having bipo- bipolar disorder and um yeah that was gr- that was great that was a very touching bit already that was sucked circling circulating around the internet so um yes i definitely want to watch that as well and um well so books to recommend so the first one is the one i have been banging on about for the entire duration of this episode the selfish romantic by michelle i I don't know if it's ullman or elman um but so this is how to date without feeling bad about yourself and honestly i think like i said for me someone who i read the blurb and then i was like oh but you know being single is not the problem for me (laughs) because i've been there and i think i honestly excelled at at it (laughs) so um but still, I, I learned a lot of things and a lot of realizations. And she also, for example, something that I really liked and I thought was very interesting. She There's a bit where she goes into like all of the terms that we now so casually use, like toxic, um, a narcissist, a psychopath, all of those things and why, how it's how it started becoming such a casual thing to say. And then also what it actually means and what we can learn from these things and these behaviors but then also how we um should maybe talk about them and that we should be yeah usually a bit more careful and not immediately 
well, for example, she talks about the example of gaslighting when gaslighting is a very serious manipulation tactic that is used in relationships sometimes. Um, but it's not because somebody doesn't agree with you on one thing that they're gaslighting you or something. And that has kind of almost become the thing sometimes that we immediately like, oh, they're a toxic person. Whereas usually it's not always the person, but the dynamic that's toxic and Again, from experience, I know that that's definitely a thing where I was like, yes, but I was toxic too. Like I was also doing things that were toxic and it was just the dynamic between us that just was toxic and not serving anyone. So I learned, I still learned quite a bit from this book. So I would definitely recommend it. Then uh, also, and yeah, we've talked about her many times <laughs> on this podcast, Um Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderson, and I have recommended it before, but again, it just fits this topic so well because she talks about the first 30 years of her life, being single, dating, being in relationships, and it is one of those very, very few books out there that place female friendships and friendships in, friendships in general on the same level as romantic relationships. Even She even, I think, considers them more precious and I remember and I, I'll never forget this that like the afterwards um where she thanks people and everything she talks she thanks her best friend and she says something like ours will always be my favorite romance or my favorite love story or something and I thought that was so great and we just need more books and movies and things like like this because it just really shows that we need to stop we need to stop thinking of romantic relationships as the one thing that makes or breaks our lives. Um, and then also, a third one is Conversations on Love by Natasha Lunn. And this has essays from different people, including Dolly Alderton. <laughs> and uh, also some interviews with people and everything. Um, and it just really... it it Well, I think it goes, it goes into... I definitely want to read this again at some point. It goes into different... Um, topics like breakups but then also dating and just all kinds of things but it is very realistic I think it has a very realistic um approach and for example one one thing I remember was um that somebody in it said and I think it it maybe was the author who said that at some point she realized and I I just related to this because I've been in that situation so many times and also with other people but also I've done it myself where you meet up with people you go for dinner or drinks or something and you spend the entire evening looking at your phone messaging this person and it said something like I was waiting for you know affection and whatever from this person that I had been on two dates with when actually the people who I already know love me and are unconditionally there for me were literally there sitting opposite me and I was not really paying them any attention and that is something that I've that I've remembered from that book because I thought yes and we've all done this we have all done this being with someone and being like oh I wish I was just by myself now so I could pine this person if I could pine for this person um in private or something when actually the relationships you already have are just as if not more um important those were my recommendations I love them they're really good really good I actually was just thinking about the takeaway I would get from listening to our podcast episode <laughs> right now, or like the takeaway I got from 
talking to you about this topic. Um, and I would say my advice after having had this conversation would be being a happy single, being happy being single is in some way also the best premise to be in a happy relationship because it shows you that you don't have to be in the relationship. You can be by yourself, but you can also be in the relationship. Does that make sense? Yes, it absolutely does. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that should be yeah. the takeaway. So, yeah. Um, and I think that was it. Yes. So... We're wrapping up, but we want to say a big thank you to all of you who've made it to the end of the episode. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you heard something that you could relate to. And remember, the journey doesn't end here because we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Um, and can we say what this one is about? Yes, let's go for it. This is one of my favourite titles. <laughs> um <laughs> straight men hate them or date them <laughs> yeah i'm i'm excited for that one yeah you don't want to miss that one <laughs> um yeah and the best part is we also want to hear from you um if you have any interesting or horrible dating stories send them over we actually we are happy to if you feel comfortable with it discuss it online why not uh here in the podcast i mean share your own unique experiences um yeah so connect with us on instagram at we are millennial musings and yeah share your musings funny moments and not so glorious times of being a millennial or any generation in the dating world absolutely so and also we can keep you anonymous or give you a random name um if you want but i would love to have some stories from yes. from you guys so until next no not until next week oh yeah there's an announcement again <laughs> <laughs> and we probably should have said this at the start <laughs> yeah because barely anyone listens to the end yeah but yeah we see this <laughs> but um but so we're both going on holiday again and we can't, we just physically cannot make it work anymore to record the other one before we go so there will be another summer break uh but this is the last one and then we'll we be promise. here we'll be here we'll be back with a vengeance for the autumn halloween season oh yes um yeah that was it so, that was it <laughs> Tschüssi. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye, bye, bye.